to your fourth episode of the Avoda Days with your hosts, Max Kleinman and Nate Goldberg. With the guest, Jake Alexander. Our sponsors for tonight's podcast are Kurt's Corner, Leonora's Yoga Studio, and Video Extra. Jake, thank you for coming on tonight. We really appreciate you, uh, you joining us for the Absolutely. evening. We're, we're excited to have you. Yeah, I, uh, I heard the first one, or no, I heard the one with Drew and was pretty pumped to hear that uh, you guys made this podcast. I think it's cool getting away from the, the normal one. It gives a nice perspective. So thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a, pl- it's a pleasure having you on. Um, so, so, Jake, where are you living right now? Because we know you're a Newton South kid, born and raised, but, you know, things obviously change a little bit as you get older. So tell us a little bit about your situation. Yeah, as you grow up, uh, a big thing is moving out of your home, so your parents' house. So thankfully, that's happened. I'm uh, living in Somerville, Massachusetts with two friends from college. So been here uh, all corona, been here for the past year, and it's been, it's been a blast. That's great. Are you uh, still studying cardiology, or did you change your major? So I had been working as a cardiology researcher, but just ended that job on Friday. So um, I've been applying to med school, still waiting to get in, knock on wood, and uh, just taking it a step at a time. The research gig needed to end, though, so I'm happy that that's done for now. That's good. I mean, we respect we respect that you're looking for a career in the health industry, especially right now. You know, shout out to everyone working in the hospitals and you know, elderly homes because they're the ones keeping everyone alive and safe right now. So shout out to them. Shout out Jake Alexander. Yeah. Honored, um, honored to be going into healthcare practice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you went to union college if I'm correct, right? You are correct. Yeah. Good, good place. You would recommend it. I would recommend it to everybody. It's an amazing place. Um, honestly mirrored a lot about what I love with the Voda. Very small community feel just good people. Um, and I think that's what made going there so easy. Uh, and yeah, but you two are going to college, right? Yep. Yep. I'm off to American university in the fall and, and Max. The Ohio state. The Ohio state with high goals. Yes. Yeah. Another lot of Vodians doubling up there in OSU. We're happy for Max, you know, he's going to do, go on to do great things. Yes. Uh, it's a lot better to go to college with someone that already has someone from a voter there. Cause then you instantly got a connection. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's, that's going to be great. Knowing Ty and Abe Wattman is actually at Ohio. Miami of Ohio. I am Ohio. So kind of right there. That'll be sweet. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, actually, uh, I, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, excited because Shafitz is actually living in uh, Shafitz and Drew and David Patkin are all in the D.C. area, which is where I'm going to school. So I'm excited to, to hopefully get to see them a little bit during, during the upcoming months. D.C. is going to be a good time. I remember uh, A.J. showed Shafe It's the Root, and um, you'll, you'll have a good time with them. They'll, they'll keep you safe, make sure uh, they're checking on you, make sure you're doing all your, your homework, right? It'll be yeah, good. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Big homework guy. Yeah. Oh, too funny. Um, 
so as, as Max was just saying, I cut him off by accident. We're going to get right into uh, one of our favorite segments, which is the either ors. Okay. We're going to ask you one thing or the other thing, and you're going to give us your answer, and we will, we will criticize you for whatever you say because there is there's no correct answer. <laughs> All right, sounds good. So the uh, first one is waterfront or athletics? Yeah. As a camper, definitely athletics. I wasn't really an aquatic guy. On staff, I would go with waterfront. It's just good times all around. I was always on athletics, so it was a treat when they would put me as a swim instructor. But you really can't beat it. You're just starting out your day in the sun, getting in the water. It's like a 15-minute class. It's, it's a good time. So Yeah, quick and easy. Yeah, as a camper, though, definitely athletics. It was just sports, sports, sports. But as you get older and you're on staff, you resort to the um, to chilling rather than the activity. Were you ever an athletics director? I was my last summer, yes, I think. It's hard to remember. There's Because I know Deuce was definitely – the head honcho, you know, he ran, he ran the show. So I was either his assistant or me, him and Drew were athletic directors. Now, honestly, I'm not positive. Um, that's just how camp goes. It's a team effort. And I think Deuce is running charge at the time. Very true. So um, now we're moving on to food, wings or mac and cheese. For no brainer mac and cheese. I think it's the best meal that camp has to offer. It sucks that they have it on Desert War. Um, you know, PGD hated it. So for my whole camp career, it was once a year. But then when I got on staff, it was incredible, you know? Yeah. Eat it. It's just um, something that they do with that crust or whatever is on top. It's just, I can't replicate it. So, so one of the things they did this year, they experimented was like the, they put Cheetos okay. as the bread as the breadcrumb instead of the normal breadcrumbs. And if I'm going to be honest with you, like while I love mac and cheese and like it's, I would agree with you, it's the best meal at Camp Avoda. I thought they missed with the Cheetos. I thought it came from a good place. They were trying to innovate. Yeah. But I think it missed personally, Max. I don't know if you can speak on that, but I, I was a I was a breadcrumb guy, not a Cheetos guy. It felt a little like prison food, to be honest. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Uh, they took a risk, and it sounds like they failed, but it's just like when a camper is taking a risk, making something that has potential, and it fails, you know? Perfectly it's, fine. You just try. And it's okay to try, because if they didn't try, we would never know. You'd never know. You'd never know. And now we know. Yes. <laughs> Never put Cheetos on mac and cheese is the moral of the story there. Um, so we got our next uh, either or here. We're going to go with uh, – this might be an easy one for you, but Team Avoda or Avoda Hoops? Avoda Hoops. Um, what I will say about Team Avoda, though, uh, a lot of respect for them. To win, I think it was either five or six Avoda tournaments in a row, that's really, really impressive. And that's like – you know, Borndale's got the foreigners or whatnot, um, and they're legit. So to beat them six years in a row is awesome, but I'm a hoops guy all the way. I mean, I've started junior hoops my second year at camp, I think. Really? How old were you during that? Uh, bunk four. You were a, a bunk four on, on junior hoops. Yeah, Adam Start Green. Start him young. What did you say? Start him young. 
Yeah, they started me young. Uh, honestly, I think they just like liked hanging out with younger kids or whatever, and were like, "He's gonna play eventually, so why not?" And I liked liked running, so they made me do a lot of suicides. Who was your favorite coach throughout your uh, hoops career? Uh, that's tough. I would say probably JD. Yeah, I think JD JD was probably my favorite. Uh, he had a he senior, sorry, senior or junior for senior. For senior, okay. Yeah, he he really knew basketball. Um, so like, whereas at Avoda typically it's just run and gun, he kind of made some structure. And the team that we had when I was in fourteen was was really good. Uh, Gleason was absolutely amazing, but we really won because we just outplayed everyone. We probably still would have won but having Jake there was was really nice and then Justin Lukoff and and Golly when I was very young I don't know if you guys even remember Golly were you there for him we weren't there for him but I've I've met him Nate knows Golly I I actually when I first came to camp got the nickname Golly because apparently I look like him you do Uh, I used I used to look like him or maybe I still do but so I actually I did meet Golly on the 4th of July at, at one point or another so he actually taught me how to shoot a basketball. So I will give credit to Golly. He like sat out there with, with me a lot of rest periods, which you can't do now, which is outrageous. But um, and he taught me how to shoot a basketball. So he might have to him and Jake, I guess, are the two. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do think there's something about Avoda Hoops that really does embody camp and the camp spirit, mm-hmm. and. Th- and while I, I am an Avoda team Avoda guy myself, I, I would like to say like being a fan for the Avoda hoops games is second to none. Yeah, it's like the energy of the crowd and like the whole camps there watching you play Bowercrest in the finals. Oh, just, sure. And I'll even yeah. say like after playing high school sports, like an Avoda tournament really gets the butterflies to such a different level. Um, and also just having the whole camp there going nuts, it's like you, you really feel it, and it's a, it's a very cool, rewarding experience. So I only know hoops, so got to go with them. But, yeah, a voted tournament's awesome. Yeah. All right, so now we're, we're going to go on the field trips now. Mm-hmm. So we got Waterwiz or the Red Sox. And, and let, let me, before you answer, you can answer this as a camper and then a counselor if you feel like it differs. Okay. But if it's the same, answer the same. All right. So I think it's definitely Red Sox, um, but for two different reasons. When you're a camper, like we were fortunate enough to have Bubba there. And I, you guys probably were there for his, you know, your beginning time. Yeah. To have a guy like get the whole all of Fenway doing the wave is so electric and like, it, I couldn't even believe it. Like, I thought this guy was bigger than life. And so, as a camper, that was very, very cool to see. And as a counselor, it's the best because you're getting alumni coming in. You're older. I was always on day off for that. Um, so, you're not watching kids. And it's a free Sox game, so. Is Bubba the reason that you came to camp being Newton people? No, I actually came to camp because of Michael Shale. Um a lot of people would never know that, but he, uh, I played Pop Warner football with him. So that's like when you're way younger, I think we were either seven or eight. And I was looking at overnight camps and it was between Talnoer, Avoda, and Crest because my dad went to Bower Crest. 
Um, Tal Noer, just the like, sports, like, they, right there. they sucked. So I couldn't go there. <laughs> I visited Crest and actually liked it, but the hill. Have you guys been there? Yeah, yeah the hill many, sucks. Many a time. Walking it's up very, that thing is brutal. Yeah, it's pretty intimidating when you're a younger kid. And then I went to Avoda, and Michael was, like, the best freshman athlete ever. He had, like, an eight-pack at eight years old um, and was just dominating a league game. And I remember, like, everyone was giving him a ton of love, and I just said, I'm just probably just going to go there. Like, why not? And so went to Avoda the next summer. But that's, that's yeah. how I got there. That's crazy because we, we know, like, you were super close with, with Bubba, right? Yes. Would you, would you mind telling us a little bit about your relationship with him? Yeah. So, Bubba, when, like, when I started in Bunk 2, was actually the, the second person that I met. So, first you meet PGD, and he, like, gives you the nice whole thing. And then I met Bubba, and he was just, like, so jolly and was like, what's up, buddy? And, like, you know, giving high fives just being the life of the party. Um, Mike and Harrison had had him in bunk one the year before and were just, they were like, this guy's the man. And so my whole first year, I found out he went, he was from Newton. Like, I just, I loved him. And as I grew older, obviously he became more friendly. He babysat for um, kids in my age group. He coached, I coached a basketball team with him. And so the relationship developed from camp. But he's a he was a huge presence uh, in Newton, and it's very it was very sad to see him go as an Avodian, but as a Newton person, it was, probably was a lot more. Like he really had a great great impact on the community. But that's where it, it spurred from. So yeah, yeah, yeah. For the were... the short time me and Nate knew him, because I think his last year was 2013. We only knew him for three years, but yeah. I just remember him being this super nice guy that would always plug you with some candy and take you on Bubba's fishing trip. And it was always so much fun. It was actually for the first or the second Bubba day, which I'm so happy. Uh, It was, I think me, I think Deuce definitely brought up the idea, but me and Harrison and a couple other people, you know, really ran with it. And I believe that was in 2015 was the first year we did it in 2016 or 17. It was one of the two. I had to give a speech to you know campers about Bubba and it's very hard and I actually got like super emotional about it to tell like he was such a good friend to me but no one knew him because the campers that were there like you guys knew him but I was old enough where I was friends with him and so yeah, yeah. I'm so happy that Bubba Day still goes on his his legacy is gonna live on forever and whatnot um but that was difficult because it's like it seemed like two different generations almost, even though it's unfair because a Voda is a Voda, but it was like Bubba, pre Bubba and post Bubba. Yeah, because yeah. he was there for so long, wasn't he? Yeah. 1999, Bunk 14, or what was he? 95 14. Wow. Yeah, 95 14. Yeah. And so he was there forever. He was there until 2014. Yeah. And then went to Borndale. Yeah. Which ha- you know it happens. I mean, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Yeah, he's Man. a camp guy. He's a camp guy through and through, and like they uh, they loved him. I mean, when we went to Borndale, like everyone just had such nice words to say about him. So it was good. Yeah, it's it's nice to see people. I mean, as much as you hate to see him leave Avoda, 
when people do move on and, and move on to, to other things, you, you always wish him the best. And I think everyone was, was happy to see him stay involved in camps and stuff like that. Uh, the ones who knew him at least, because I know the younger campers didn't really know him as much. And I would include myself in that group, but you guys, guys got like the prime time with him though. Cause that was, uh, it was good. But yeah. yeah. Um, Aside from that, all the love I have for him, yes, the relationship stemmed from Avoda. It wasn't a Newton thing at first, but then it became very much a Newton thing. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so when you're playing an evening activity, do you prefer flag rush or zoo ball? Uh, definitely flag rush. I can't play soccer. So with zoo ball, I would just have to be like a midi – don't really have a cannon for an arm. So that wasn't necessarily my thing. Flag rush was the best. Um, I loved it. But I would take dead zone. I know you guys haven't asked that in the, the podcast, but for me it's like dead zone, clear cut one um, was my favorite. So so that's interesting to me because I, I'm, a, I'm a zoo ball person. Like I, I have a heavy soccer background, and yeah. zoo, ball, zoo ball was always something that came – kind of naturally to me as opposed to flag rush I had to kind of pick it up learn it a little bit more because I, I wasn't a football background I didn't really play that many contact sports so that was new but dead zone for me never was was the game that I I really liked which is interesting to hear you say because you're the first one yeah that that was my favorite I mean I just love the chaos it's like I would say even the best thing is with color war dead zone you know with color war flag rush color war zoo ball it's great because the strategy's there but let's get real when you strategize heavily for a flag rush event you could have four shadows on someone it's pretty friggin' hard to score right in yeah. the same thing in dead zone it's a huge like there's so much open room and like you can't stack all flag rush you can't stack all zoo ball for me it just felt like the fairest opportunity of to yeah. dominate. I like that. I like that. I also felt that it was almost easier to score flags because you just toss it to your goalie, then the goalie tosses it to the other guy. Which is a great element. Like, I love that because that's a good strategy. Just chuck it to the goalie. It ruins your zoo ball for a little bit, but uh, I like that. It's, it's Dead zone's a good one. It's, it's definitely one of those wrinkles to the game, like one of those rules that like actually makes it the game. Because I think without that, it'd be, it'd be really hard to score a lot of flags. Yeah. And I think that rule makes the game just like that much more fun. First, 100%. I agree. Yeah. So when you're having a rainy day schedule, you can say as a camper and counselor, would you prefer to go to the rec hall and play some moose ball? Or go to the lodge and watch a movie? Uh, definitely a movie. As a camper and a counselor, when it's raining, I get lazy. I mean, I was even rainy day coordinator one year, and no one wants to do anything. Um, camp's supposed to be sunny and beautiful and fun. When it's raining, it's not. It's none of those things. You're just waiting for it to clear so you can play a league. Um, I'm sure the younger kids love uh, moose ball. It gets them going, but that that dies after you're like a sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> I can respect that. I, I was always a fan of the moose ball, though, as a younger camper, because I think I think we miss we lack that activity. Like I needed to get some energy out. If if you guys knew me as a young camper, it was yeah. better. I got my energy out on the moose ball arena for, than anywhere else. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I think Max Max can attest to that as well. 
Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, so, so Jake, you're in color war. You got to choose a color. You got white or blue. What are you, what are you choosing here? I'm blue all day. That's a, uh, I, I don't know if it's a Newton thing. It's certainly a Bubba thing. Um, but yeah, I'm blue all day of the week. I mean, it's a cooler color. Uh, it just is. I was a captain for a white team, so I guess there's a little bit of a dichotomy there. But so, uh, so we're not going to let you talk over that. We're not going to let you just brush that aside. We do actually want to bring up 2011 color war because I think me and you had well, we had similar experiences with our color war teams being on the white team and losing. I don't think I can say it was the same, and we want you to talk a little bit about that. Just you know, knowing it was your last color war and and what what happened during it. Sure. Bring us through some of the emotions and like what you're feeling, stuff like that. All right. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I was the captain of the white legends. We ended up, you know, getting slaughtered. It's honestly, I'm not, I don't know exactly what the score was, but to kind of give a recap of my experience, I loved it in about 95% of it. There's two times that I'll speak about, where it was very crushing and like emotionally taxing. But first of all, being a captain's the coolest thing ever. I mean, when you walk down the path, it's it's really amazing and like getting the respect, not only from your bunk mates, but from campers and staff. It's like, all right, you kind of earn this. And for a week, you're like the, the guy leading a team. So I took a lot of pride in that. Uh, so loved being captain, it was amazing. Um, we also had an unreal start in 2011. Harrison and I, who was the captain of the Barbarians, we actually came out of a helicopter. Um, I remember. Yeah. It, was like the, it was the coolest thing ever. It was the coolest thing ever. I'm nev- I actually won't ever forget it the rest of my life. Um, you have this gorgeous view of a Voda coming down, and everyone knows what's going on. And, like, honestly, I got tricked, so – I don't, I've never even really told this story to people, but the way it happened was it was a really lazy day. Harrison and I were kind of roaming around, going to the arts and craft shack. I don't even know what we were doing. And Ben Kasif, who was a head judge, said, come with us to the nurse's lot. And we were like, no, we don't want to do this. This is so stupid. And he said, no, you're coming to the lot like now. And we're like, what, like, what are you talking about? Like, we just want to enjoy our time. And we get to the lot and he just like stares at us and just gives us a huge hug. And like, I was just con- so confused. And he just said, congratulations, never said we were captains or anything. And then Leon actually took us to village and we were like, Leon, what's the deal? Like, wh- what are we doing here? And he said, Oh, you guys are, you know, you're captains. You guys are going to break color for the camp. Uh, it's, you know, a really going to be a cool one. You guys are going to walk into the mess hall and it's going to be a village order that says it's color war, which he actually got us breakfast sandwiches and it said it's color war. And at that point we were so excited and uh, said, all right, great. He said, well, we need to make one more stop. And he drove 25 miles out to a helicopter and totally fooled us. And we got to go in that to start color war. So that was amazing. That's great. Uh, I've, I've never, like we've never obviously heard that part of the story. I don't think anyone has heard that part of the story, which is needs to be told. That's amazing. I didn't know that you guys got tricked like that. Yeah. So that was very cool. But back to the legends about the good and the bad, and I'll make it quick. Um, 
loved the 08. So we had all of those first year SCs and they were, they were great. You know, I think they were just like, they were just a little bit too young to know. They were too young to make the, like the right calls with picks. So it's like, they just didn't real, like they were thinking in terms of numbers, not in terms of athletic ability at the time. But I love them because they gave it everything they had and they really respected our 14. And I loved Corin. You know, he like – he uh, he wanted to take a team. I think hit him as well, like, he thought numbers, not athletic ability. And so, for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about, the blue team had every one pick um, in every division. And every one pick in each division was in an unbelievable athlete. So – it was Robbie Cates, Louis Yarmolinsky, Alex Frank, and I think Paul Sandberg. It but, was, yeah, it was Paul. But three of those kids, not Alex Frank, but he was, you know, the one pick two years in a row. So Robbie and Louis were both all-around athletes. Very, 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 very dominant. Um, honestly, the two best athletes I've been at camp for. And so we got slaughtered. And it wasn't bad during the week because when you're a 14er, you're leading everyone, it's fine. The one time that was very emotional, though, that sucked, was we were doing song practice and had, like, a pretty deep free choice. It was about being in 14. It was, like, bound to get emotional at Songfest. And Jake brought me into the WFO and just showed me his scorebook, and it said minus 750. And I had his book. I forget exactly who I gave it to, but – um. I just said how many points are available and he said not 750 and I had to go up and lead song practice and like as it was going on you just I'm like even god I'm like getting goosebumps even talking about it but like I you really start tearing up because you're like wow I just got bodied as a captain and like you're talking about your time at Avoda and it just like that was very very overwhelming for like an hour but then it passed off and I was like you know what I'm just going to have the time of my life. And so that's how I would take it away from the legends. Um, 95% great. That little bit, not so fun. Very, very hard. Uh, I, can, I can relate to you with that one. Leading, leading a losing team in Songfest, especially when you're talking about the, the stuff that you're saying, like when you're singing those songs and you're practicing them, it's just heartbreaking. Like, cause you, you as a captain, like, you know, you have to stay strong and stay vigilant and, show a good face, stay confident, stuff like that. And it, it breaks your heart to be up there. And, yeah. and I, although I, I was in a different situation than yours, I think my situation was one where I can really relate to that. It was, it was really hard going through Songfest like that. And, yeah. and you know, it's difficult, but it really, at the end of the day, you learn, I learned a lot of, about it. Um, I learned that like the best thing to do is just to not quit. And like, that sounds crazy, but at 15, like when you're kind of forced to just put on this face where you're like, no, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep chugging when you know, it's not going to happen. It's really hard. And it, the only way I got through it really was because the 08 or the, the lieutenants on the team, they were awesome about it. They, uh, they just, you know, made you feel like you were still in it, the no quit attitude. So it was good. I mean, no regrets. The name's going to live down forever. The name should not have been the legends. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually on the legends, you but I, 
I, I don't remember it being terrible. I was only in bunk two. I think you did a good job of pulling off that we were fine. But uh, I just remember crying at, like, the green fence, watching all the blue team go in the lake. And then Sam Frank gave me his pink flamingo shirt, and I was just the happiest kid ever. That's uh, – the pink shirts always do that. And I'm happy that he gave it to you because that's supposed to just make kids feel awesome. Um, so, A – we were a legend, so maybe in the birthday speech there'll be a shout-out. <laughs> so, I mean, while we're shouting out teams from 2011, shout-out the Blue Barbarians. Yeah. Uh, we, didn't, we, didn't lo- like, we didn't lose anything. It was honestly, as a young camper, so I was uh, – me and Max both started in 2010, mm-hmm. and we were, we were in bunk one together, and he was on the, uh, the, the Assassins, and I was a hero. Okay. So I had lost my first color war, so I had nev- and I had lost both Desert Wars, so my, my first year and my second year. And I think winning a color war for the first time is one of the coolest experiences. Yeah. Like regardless of like, it's just like, you don't understand how happy you are and like the feeling of like working so hard for something like that and like ride for a week and then you win it. It's, it's something that, that can't be replicated. No, I agree. Just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Max was lucky though. Cause he got it his first year, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so Jake, this might be a little touchy. If you can answer, please yeah. do. Uh, you had a, a shirt one time. You were a pink flamingo, and on the back of it, it said corkscrew. Um, no, 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 it said screwdriver. Screwdriver. Excuse us. Bad yeah. research on our part. If if you think you can elaborate, please do. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so that was the orange pop. I think. I think I gave that to your brother, right? I think so. Yeah. I think you had three of them. I had three of them. So yeah, I uh, my junior year of college, I was going to be studying abroad in Australia. Um, and when color war came around, I mean, I was kind of slotted to do it. I have no idea what team I would have been on, what lieutenant I would have been. Um, and I'm not going to divulge on that because it's not necessary. But I had asked very early on in the summer if they could move color war two days because I was going to be leaving then I thought it was a fair request I believe that you guys who were my campers probably thought I was going to be in color war um we for we for sure did I don't think it was very much a secret uh yeah they didn't move it and like I don't regret it because Australia was the best time of my life it was great I wanted to be in color war very badly but so as a funny joke, I said screwdriver because I thought I had gotten screwed, but that's that's the basis of the story. And the orange pop was only because people were going really like nuts in the 2016 uh, color war. Everyone was losing their minds. And so I thought it was a, a nice touch of humor. Pop. Yeah, they just pop. pop. They were going nuts. They I mean, really were. That's the bare bones details. Could have, I mean, that definitely could have gone in a different direction, and I'm glad it went in the direction it did. Yeah. So the last either or, this will also be a hard one, but let's get a decision here. Bamel or AJ? That's tough. Uh, I'm going Bamel only because he's a Newton friend. The, what I will say about AJ – because I ha- I got to pick Harrison. I've got Newton and Avoda. AJ is, like, as loyal of a friend as it gets. When I came back in 2017, 
I called him and said, I have a free month. I think I'm going to go back. And he said, I'm coming. He didn't even hesitate for one second. He left New York City. He had just finished his internship and said, screw it. I want to go back to camp. We'll have a great time. Didn't even think twice. And I was going to be alone. This kid, he's a very, very loyal friend. So it's a hard question. I'm going with Harrison because I have friendships in Newton and camp, but they're both great friends. Do you still talk to people in your 14? Yeah, a good amount. I mean, you fade. As you go through college, you start losing touch a little bit, but we've definitely started communicating a lot more. I actually played in a basketball league with Robbie Cates, Macklick, and Benny Cohen. Oh, um, no way. Yeah, this past winter, and we were, we were really good. Robbie got even better, so that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just with the current circumstances and COVID, I think you start realizing – who's important, like who you should be staying in touch with. And so you get back in touch with the Avoda guys because those are very – they're really close friends. And when you start talking to them again, it's like nothing changed. I feel that. That's, that's been a blessing. Me and Max have had the opportunity to do this together. And, and having gone through bunk one with him, and, and we've been in the same bunk, same side of the cabin every year since we were eight years old. It's been really nice to, to become closer with him, even though I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. I haven't spent so much time with him. So – Shout out to Voda friends. They're the real ones. Yep. Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. So, you, yeah, Max, you want to take this? Yeah. Um, do you have any funny uh, memories of PGD as a camper or counselor? The, I don't have specifics. So the PA announcements were always completely ridiculous. I don't have a good one, and I'll just butcher it, but – he just didn't know how to use the system. Like for minutes at a time, he could be over the whole camp talking to his assistant or whoever it may have been. I had no idea. And we just like, he was not technologically sound. Another funny thing that it just coming back to mind. He, did you guys have AIM? AIM? Like uh, a screen name? Oh, like no. No, we have game. We have gamer tags, but we Just don't have. We don't so have AIM used to be this thing where it's like, uh, I don't know, it's like iMessage but through AOL or whatnot. And PGD had an AIM, and would message all the staff members for their shirt sizes. And I remember he actually prints out every one of his messages because he had records of the shirt sizes. And I thought that was like the craziest, most irrational thing ever when I was you know 12 or whatnot so that was pretty funny but he's he's ridiculous by being himself yeah I mean there's the I I would I like to agree the announcements over the PA get you every time yeah every time and especially the packages yes the packages I forgot like it just it's so normal that I just forgot how ridiculous it was and if there's ever a key missing He'd lose oh, the, the beanies, the beanies. He would freak out about beanies too. What about what about when the 0814 would always be yelling crazy things over the PA and he'd be like, please stop the extraneous announcements over the PA system? Those are funny. And I love that it made an appearance in the play every year for good reason, because it was always funny. Like that was a necessary thing to have in there. So that was good. Yeah. As a younger camper too, when he would say Lewis Douglas to the main office and like no one called Deuce Lewis. Ever. Ever. Classic P. Only things PGD could get away with. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so what? It, so we we were looking back in the Evodian from 2011, as mm-hmm. we do for every episode. You know, we look back at the yeah. 14 year, and your in 15 years was uh, to be a pro eyebrow model. And we want to ask you how that's coming along, and if there's any truth to that. Uh, I think that I'm definitely in line to be one. My eyebrows are usually pretty well groomed kind of uh stay in check but the way that came about was AJ used to give me shit for um I forget exactly what it was but basically I would like line up my eyebrows it was just the thing I would do hey um would line up my eyebrows or whatnot and that's why it came up so I'm not actively pursuing it. I think that uh, it could be a career path in the future, though. I certainly still keep them groomed. You would line them up every day or just for the socials? Uh, so it would just be – it wouldn't be a full lineup. It would just kind of be, whop, like, you know, get water in your face. Just line them. It was just a thing I did. Uh, for the socials, you take a little bit more time. Keep them pristine, but they're looking okay. <laughs> so I I have a weird anecdote about the eyebrows actually. So yeah. when you when you got your Bunk One alumni, was your Bunk One alumni were you in Bunk One? Nope. Okay, now I'm confused because when I was when I got my Bunk One alumni done, they gave me a nickname based on my eyebrows, and I think it was based off of you. Really? Yeah, I, I I'm almost positive because when we were. Some my bunk one alumni name had like something to do with eyebrows, and I think I think you were the inspiration for the name because they said I, I love that. I, I don't know, just if remember it, that if it was, and that's how I get remembered for your bunk one alumni thing. I'm honored, so I'll take it. Just just thought I'd bring it up. Hell yeah! Something else we thought we'd bring up is you you started an elective at camp, maybe with AJ with a vote of fitness. Oh yeah, that was a. Uh... That was all me. It was awesome. I mean, I I don't think I brought it up. I think Ken was like, just do this elective. And it was perfect. I mean, I love – oh, yeah, the fit tags. That's awesome, Kleinman. It was great. I mean, campers need to, like, run around and get in better shape for sports. I love that we had a lake and a beautiful field that was, like, the perfect distance for a lap. It was not never too far. It was, like, just easy enough to jog. We had bikes. Um, it was nice weather out. And, yeah, I I thought that was a good time. It was pretty much just doing anything crazy physically, and I loved it. Did you guys ever take it? I took it. I just remember one time you uh, had people do a rock swim in, like, sweats. Oh, yeah. That, that was bad. That wasn't smart. I mean, we brought out the boat. That's That's hard. That's really hard. I mean, it was more just like being at camp. So, like, you just hang your sweatpants on the line in the back. And you're good, yeah. I I just remember you guys, like, just you'd get in. The, like, I'd be doing swim, and I would just see your whole fitness elective, like, swim, like, five laps around the, the lake, like, around the docks, get yeah. out, run five laps on the field. I was like, there's no way I'm ever taking that elective. Yeah, I think everyone who took it definitely did well in triathlon for color war. I know that. Um <laughs> But there were some kids who are in great shape. I mean, Adam Alter is like a Navy SEAL. He's uh, He was in incredibly good shape. Uh, Sam Waltzman, when you guys were younger, was in really good shape. Uh, and Zane, like Zane, oh, my God. 
he could run forever. And like, I just told him there was no way I was keeping up with him. Like you pace, you go and just run and run and run. But yeah, I had a blast. I mean, it took, the problem was it took me away from fourth period hoops, but I always had senior hoops practice. So it was, it was fine. Yeah. Feel that. Fourth period hoops is a time. Oh, it's the best. Um, so, um, yeah. during well, our 12-year, yeah. um, you left for Australia, and uh, we noticed that some of the bunk money went missing, and we were wondering what happened with that. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you for certain, I either gave it to Drew or Goldfarb when I left. Um, I have no idea. It did not come with me to Australia. The currency would not have been good, so that rumor can definitely die, but... You're gonna have to take that up with uh, Drew or Max. That's that's my thing. I mean, I'm glad we brought it up because it's nice having some closure with that. Because there was a heavy rumor, there was a consensus even, but within the bunk, that it it could have been you. Um, it it uh, was not. The problem was he wasn't there to back himself up. That's what it yeah, was. Kind of kind of just left. Didn't have uh, much ground to stand on. Okay. All right. We'll respect that answer. We'll take it. <laughs> so, uh, as a camper and counselor, what was your ideal daily schedule? All right. Um, lazy morning. So, like, Sunday mornings were the best. When they had donuts, I don't know why that stopped, you know. Not only donuts stopped, so did lazy Sundays. Yeah. So yeah. Like, you need you need to sleep. Uh, so lazy mornings are great because you don't have services. So I would do a nice lazy morning. And then I would do like sort of a topsy-turvy day, but like mix it in with a Saturday schedule. So I would just start off the day right off the bat with like a dead zone, something crazy, just like having just an absurd activity. It'd be very fun. Then you'd go into like Swim or like general swim, you know, something where you can just chill out before lunch, like relax, recuperate. And then afternoon we would do junior senior league first. Um, I think get those out of the way. Freshman sophomores, I think, should be having something going on. Then they would have league. And then I think we would just go right into seventh have your normal practices if a social isn't going on at night which would be great it top it off well you'd have bunk night um and it would just it'd be the best day ever because you're doing all of the fun normal day things and do you have a favorite uh bunk night memory uh yes anytime the counselors were kind enough Back in the day, I don't know if it still happens, but to walk you to Kurtz through the woods, it was very cool. You thought like you were leaving to a different country because uh, you think a boat is very secluded. And it was a blast, you know, you're with your bunk mates having a good time. And Kurtz is great. You get like a nice uh, Arnold Palmer, maybe, uh, I don't even know, it's pretty much it. Like you get a nice Arnold Palmer and it was like the treat. It ended off the day really well. Yeah. I remember me and Nate went once or twice, but those trips were super fun in the woods, just you and your boys. It's great. It's great. 
there's, there's nothing there's nothing like a nice hike through the woods in Avoda. No. Little exploration. When I was younger, I was scared to go in there though. The green eyes story really stuck with me, as did the other stories that were told. A little bit too much, looking <laughs> back. But wait, um, bring that up, Nate. I'm gonna have to bring up. Uh, uh, why uh, did you sleep with a baseball bat on the Fourth of July? I'm gonna be honest, Max. When I was younger, I was a big scaredy cat. I could not deal with like horror stories or anything like that. And something about the the story of the Tisbuk and Looney, which will definitely be brought up again. PGD told that story so well that it it, it really struck a chord with me. And and to be honest with you, Max, I wasn't gonna be able to sleep without some like without being able to protect myself that night. Like I had to. And was sleeping with a bat the right choice? Probably not. Would I did I use the bat to hit someone? Who knows? It might have happened, it might not have happened. But it was their fault for trying to wake me up after hearing that story. And yep. that's all I'm gonna comment on the matter. That's it for me. All right. Um so Jake, you if you have some advice for some either a first year camper or a JC or both that you know, what what would you say to them? Uh so start with a first year camper. So I had bunk two as a CIT and as a counselor. And something you gotta tell the younger kids when it's their first time at camp is just keep reiterating to give it a chance because um, if you don't, there you you really could just lose out on good Evodians. And I mean, I know for me, like I was super homesick when I started. And Ethan Davis, who is our CIT, just kept saying, "Give it a chance, give it a chance, just give it a chance." Everyone was in this position before, and just reiterating that and making sure they realize it's the best place on earth. Um, that's all you can do. I mean, you can try to make them feel comfortable, but it's really a privilege to be going to camp and like every kid should get the opportunity to enjoy that. So I think just reiterating that for a staff member, um, I would just say, just be patient. Um, you know, being a JC is this golden opportunity where you kind of get to form your identity as a counselor and say like, what direction do I want to go? What, you know, what do I want to be known for? And I think that's a really a great opportunity that all of older staff grants you because, you know, JC's, you get some of the grunt work and you're, you're doing a lot um, and you're always on and like, you haven't really earned your, your way yet, but that's good. Cause you could really show administration. You're, you're great. And like, you could do your own thing. So that's what I would tell a JC. You also have, the m most boys like in your 14 as a younger staff member too exactly yeah yeah that, definitely that, that was really cool to have a bunch of guys back mm -hmm. especially we were, we were a smaller 14 so i think we had like almost two-thirds of the people back which was which was awesome um so jake we asked you to prepare a birthday speech for for this and if you wouldn't mind we'd like we'd like to hear it all right sure you ready we're ready all right I spent 13 years at Avoda. Hey. I like it very much. Hey. 2K11, bunk 14. Hey. The White Legends. Hey. The Blue Apes. Hey. Okay. The, uh, the White Chiefs. 
Hey. hey. The the Blue Gators. Nope. No, All right. No. The White Assassins. Hey. The Bucket. Hey. The Pop. Hey. The Liz. Hey. Jenny. Hey. PGD. Hey. Leon. Hey. Ken. Hey. Bubba. Hey. And everybody else is number one. Hey. hey. Nice speech. Did you have a summer birthday? I did not. So that was the first one I've ever given. Wanted to throw in all the important things, you know? No, I feel that. I've always, always wanted to do one. That was easily the best birthday speech we've had so far. Fantastic. I'm glad. Yeah, you, you, that was very well done. Short and sweet, but also brought up the important topics, which is all you can ask for in a birthday speech. For sure. Most importantly, the bucket was said. <laughs> it was said, yeah. And Liz. And Liz. And Jenny. And Jenny. Uh, so, Jake, thank you very much for coming on here. We, we've had a great time catching up and, and talking about Cam, what we love. So, thank you for coming on, and we hope the, the listeners like this episode. Yeah, I'm hoping you guys keep doing this. Uh, it's great, and thank you for having me. And, yeah, I think, I think that's it. Great questions. Thank you. All right.